from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, Episode 11 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee joined for another down week by my co-host, <laughs> Dean Rule, and... I don't know. I was I was listening to the post game pod, Dean, and you said you may not have been at that time ready to put the concern level at a ten. But after their second straight loss, I'm pretty sure a lot of fans are ready to go to a ten. How did you feel about that game? How are you feeling right now? I think yeah, I think most fans are all ready to put it up to to a level ten. Um, I think I'm gonna hold hold steady at nine point five, Juwan, because <laughs> I think that. After watching them play on Saturday, there was just a a hair, just a smidge of life. Um, it, it, it seemed that there was just enough to say, "Don't don't put it up to ten just yet." Um, so I'm gonna hold it nine point five. But if if you told me you were putting it up at a ten, I would not I would not argue with you on the point. So Oklahoma State goes to visit Iowa State and they lose 34 to 27 Saturday after Iowa State had came into the game after back-to-back losses, one against Iowa 20 to 13, another one against Ohio, not Ohio State. They lost 10, they lost that game 10 to 7 and they come here and put 34 points on the Oklahoma State's defense. One one positive that we can say is that, you know, Dean had some breaking news Saturday that Mike Gundy was rolling with one quarterback and that was Allen Bowman. So at least for now, we think he's going to be the QB one. But, you know, I believe somebody asked him in the presser, you know, is this the guy you're going to stick with? And he wasn't able to get a, give a definitive answer. But I think as of right now, we need to focus on this defense, Dean. Um, we talked third. We talked last Thursday that Iowa State could arguably be a worse offense than Oklahoma State. And they came here and put 34 points on that defense. What did you see out of Brian Nardo's unit and just – just walk me through what happened Saturday. Yeah, I think the kind of theme through these first four games for Brian Nardo's defense has been um, they've sprung a leak each time, right? You know, you know, in those first couple games, Juwan, there were missed tackles and they weren't wrapping up, and and that was a, a big concern. And now, two more two games later, there's a lot of broken coverage, a lot of busted plays, and it's led to these big touchdown passes um i think in the past two games that that secondary is allowed for allowed five touchdown passes and each one of them has been at least 25 yards a a 25 yard touchdown um i have and i have those numbers from you from the article that you wrote about it they have five they allow five touchdowns of 57 yards 39 yards 36 yards 29 yards and 26 yards yeah and and so that right there when you're letting up those big plays um, that's that's going to be detrimental to to your team, and um, but anyway, so 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 it's been you know they've cleaned up the tackling now this issue's cropping up and and especially for that issue to come when OSU's run defense had a really great game they held Iowa State to two point two yards per rush to then have that happen and and a, you know Iowa State was rolling with a redshirt freshman quarterback this is like game number four for him. In, in his college career and he goes for a career day against OSU's secondary. And I think, yeah, you're, you're talking about a team that only scored seven points against Ohio. 
now all of a sudden you know it's <laughs> 34 in in less than <laughs> or in a week time um and i think that really is the difference in in osu losing that game you know i think a lot of people focus on the offense is the problem and, and rightfully so there are a lot of problems on that offense but uh the defense the secondary and, and they were without lyric rolls um but still uh not, not a great showing there yeah and i was pulling up some of the stats iowa state came into that game as la- in last place in the big 12 far as total offense and i mean they're still in last place even after their quarterback was 27 of 38 for 348 yards and and three touchdowns i mean you had their leading receiver Jalen noel eight receptions 146 yards and even after all of that they're still 14th in the big 12 in total offense two spots behind oklahoma state Going into the bye week, and I mean, we'll touch on the we'll touch on the quarterback position and and this offense later in the pod. But going into the bye week, do you think that's the main area of concern for this team? Is this defense? Yeah, I think the I think you can get even more specific. The secondary OSU secondary is what needs to be polished up, and from now until uh, Friday when they or Friday when they'll play Kansas State. Or next Friday, excuse me. Um, yeah, that's the area that needs to be cleaned up because going into the season, I think everybody knew that that secondary was going to be young and inexperienced. But there was some talent there that I think people kind of thought maybe they'll be able to bridge the gap a little bit. Um, but so far, four games in, it, it's it's been a weakness. And They've lost a lot of, you know, Jason Taylor, Kobe Harvell Peel, Trey Sterling, and in just the past couple of years that the secondary has been built around those kind of guys. Now they don't have that. You know, Kendall Daniels is talented. He's still only a redshirt sophomore. You know, Corey Black is is the most experienced guy over there at cornerback, but I think in terms of safety play, the secondary as a whole, it needs to be more polished. I'm sure that's something that is going to be prioritized in the next, you know, 10 days. You know, coming into this game, obviously we spent a vast amount of time talking about this quarterback rotation, and they finally figure out who they want the lead guy to be, at least for the game against Iowa State. And I was looking at this quote from Mike Gundy when he said, I'm not worried about the morale. I'm not worried about the team chemistry. The thing I have to do is be honest with them. My job is to look and see what happened. We came up short, what went wrong, and how to fix it. When you hear about team morale, you figure out what you want to do at the quarterback position and you still lose to a team that many people thought, I mean, you could at least find some type of positive momentum heading into the bye week, heading against Iowa State. You said something interesting on the post game on the post game pod when you said, is are we just going to have to come to grips with this is just what this team is? Do you feel like at this point, this is just what Oklahoma State is going to be? Or can they kind of use this bye week to come out on as a better team after, you know, heading into Kansas State? Yeah, I think I think there's a very real possibility that eight weeks from now, this is just what OSU is, right? This is just the team they have this year. Um, And I think that's hard for a lot of people to, to kind of come to grips to a lot of fans to kind of accept because they're not used to, to that kind of a performance from OSU. But um, I think Juwan, we always kind of highlighted this Kansas state game as what's going to 
what will be the determining factor in what kind of a team OSU has. I think going back to even fall camp when, when we were recording these, that was always kind of the date circle to, you know, here's your first true, you know, this could be the benchmark of yours of what kind of a season you're going to have, depending on how you play Kansas state team. And, you know, now they're going two and two into that. And I, I think the, the, the morale is not there. The the life might not be there just yet. And that, that makes the bye week all the more, you know, crucial. Th- this becomes so much more important. Um, so, so we'll see, I think, I'm not ready to to put the final verdict in on if this is what OSU is this year, but it's you're running out of time to kind of change that, that perception, I think. You know, kind of coming into the bye week, we both we both kind of agreed that you wanted to be four and zero heading into that that Kansas State game. Now that you're two and two, back to back losses against teams that you could it that that people thought that you could easily beat. Um, what do you get? that's the pulse of this team right now what's kind of the pulse of the coaching staff is it a level is it a level of urgency concern what do you get from them yeah i think when you're starting two and two there's always going to be that level of urgency um but talking with with coaches post game you know i think they feel they're close and and i don't you know i'm not i wouldn't expect them to to ever say oh we're not close (laughs) right I will say, I think there are some areas you can point to and say, okay, compared to the South Alabama game, these areas improved against Iowa State, which is good. You, you know, they, they they need that. They need to be able to, at least the step went in the correct direction. There wasn't a step back. Um, I guess you could argue there was a step back uh, in the secondary, but they've been able to take some steps towards improvement but is it going to be enough especially when you're going up against a team like kansas state right and to and i've seen an interesting stat that daniel allen the former intern here posted on twitter from pff and it says right now after four games oklahoma state leads the big 12 and missed tackles at 56 that's an uh you know that's a pretty alarming number right there when you when you talk about fifty six missed tackles. Now you briefly touched on it a little bit earlier about that they kind of cleaned that up. Do you feel like they're trending in the right direction for us? You know, improving on on tackling moving forward. I think they are because after two games, I believe they were at thirty six missed tackles or thirty seven. Um, <laughs> so I guess just doing the math, that's so that's about. So they've missed about 10 or 11 tackles in the past two games compared to missing 18 in the first two. Um, right. So, so, so that, that's another one. It's like, okay, they've shown improvement here, but is it enough improvement? Because obviously 18 missed tackles, yeah, that's going to kill you. That's going to kill you on defense. They've got it now down to 10. Well, they've lost both of those games still. Um, and so I think across the board, defense, offense, special teams, they've shown signs of improving is it enough and i think that's kind of the i think that's just where they're at right now is can you fix enough to where you actually remain competitive um because if not then then osu's going down kind of a slippery slope in terms of um you know 
I, I don't think this team is going to lose the next 10 games. I don't, I don't, <laughs> see, I don't forecast that or I guess the next, the next eight games, but um, I, I think the bowl streak very much could be in jeopardy right now um, with how they're playing. And that's one of those things. Is there going to be that improvement that you need? Um, and is there going to be enough of it? And is it going to come quick enough? Because uh, if not, then OSU's right back to where they were back in January. And that's buckling up for another tough offseason. And and that's going to be what's interesting to kind of follow. If these things can turn around, That that's the question. You know, when you talk about and they do enough to be competitive and coaches feeling like they're they're close, what is the window right now? I mean, you look at their next three games. You have Kansas State, you have 24th-ranked Kansas, and you have West Virginia. Which one of those games do they need to start really hitting on all cylinders to still stay competitive this season? Well, last night I combed through the roster, Juwan, and uh, I said, okay, they're 2-2. Two and two. What four are the most winnable? And so I got three. I said, if they lose these, they're, they are in, I'm putting concern level at 11. I'll say that's what I'm going with. They lose, uh, they go at West Virginia. If they lose that, they'll do at Houston and then they'll host BYU in the last two weeks of the season. So I'm like, okay, that gets them to, I, I, I think, most would agree that safely puts them at five wins. I think all three of those OSU should win. Maybe not so much because OSU is better than them, but those teams are just much worse than OSU this year. Um, and yeah, so it's so, so I think after that, then there's debate. Where's the sixth win coming from? Um, it, I think, you know, in terms of trending in the right direction, because they're, they're obviously not doing that right now. I think if OSU played a K-State school competitively, you know, keep it within 10 points maybe. I think I think that's a step in the right direction. I think maybe they could beat Kansas, but Kansas has looked better than I thought they would uh, four games in. And, I mean, they're in the AP Top 25 right now. So that's not – that's that's going to be a hard game too. Um, and you still – and after that, you still got Bedlam. You still got – uh, a UCF program that that's played well. So yeah, you start doing the math. I don't, I don't know where you're guaranteeing that, that sixth win to get bowl eligible from uh, with that though. I think if you talk about those next three games, like yes, one that K state KU and West Virginia, you got it. One of those has to be a win for sure. The other two have to at least be competitive and maybe, you know, I always think, when it comes to football, if you win, just win the games you're supposed to win and then keep yourself in the rest of them. And that's what I think OSU needs to do. Keep yourself in. Don't let the wheels fall off. And I think they did that fairly well against Iowa State in the first half. And then the second half, the offense struggled a little bit. There were some turnovers. But still at the end of the game, you know, they were driving with a chance to tie the game. Um so I think, I think once again, it's just keep it close, keep it competitive. I think that's what OSU just needs to continue to keep it competitive and then win the games they're supposed to win. That I, I that would be my like broad 
official diagnosis on what needs to happen. And I, and I know that's not like what I've said is not like profound and like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, well, yeah, of course that's what they need to do. But I think it's it's easier said than than done, especially when you're you're kind of reeling a little bit after two games. Um, and so that's why I think the bye week is all the more important. I, I think the bye week of anything was just it came when it, it like for it to happen this week is probably obviously it's not planned, but like it's probably a good thing this happens this week. I think OSU needs to kind of take a little time out from playing. And I think fans need a little time out from watching OSU play. I think everybody just needs to <laughs> step back. I'm sure the people that, you know, go enjoy your hobbies, go enjoy your time off. Don't think about it. Take a deep breath. And then we'll see where the, their, where OSU's at um, for the final eight games. But I, I think that's where I'd go with Juwan. You know, when you say making sure the wheels don't fall off, a large sum of that is going to fall upon the shoulders of whoever is at the quarterback position. And Saturday was Alan Bowman, who, you know, like two and a half hours before the game, maybe a little less than that, they announced was going to be QB1 for Saturday, and they were kind of getting rid of the quarterback rotation. Well, he goes 23 or 48 for 278 yards, two touchdowns, um, two picks as, as well. But the main thing is he got to play a full four quarters. I know that Mike Gundy kind of came out and said that it isn't definite that they're going to stick with just him for the rest of the year, but kind of walk me through what you heard from why they chose to go with him. And what do you feel like the plan is moving forward at, at the quarterback position? So, yeah, the plan for, for going with Bowman is he's the veteran most guy. You're on the road opening conference play experience just one in in on on saturday that's what gave bowman the edge and that's something we, we talked about for a while juan is there's a lot of intangibles and pros and cons to each player you just need to pick which one you want right you need to prioritize okay this is what we want so this is what we're going with because yeah no nobody stood out through the first three games and and so osu picked alan bowman and uh you know, you just read off your stat line there, Juwan. It's all right. You know, playing four quarters, I don't think it was like, it's not an all-time performance. It was not an Alan Bowman career game by any means. Um, but he was serviceable. I, I think the biggest knock on him were the two interceptions um, because, yeah, those killed drives each time. Well, I mean, one of them ended the game, but the other one killed a pretty strong drive over she was putting together. So I think that's the biggest thing you can go with with Alan Bowman. And yeah, they don't want to quite say if this is the guy going forward. Um, but I think who the guy going forward is, once again, is dependent on what OSU wants. And it, it's subjective. And or it, it, point being, it requires OSU to just decide once again what they want. Do you feel that if you're OSU, do you feel that this season is still salvageable? Alan Bowman is the veteran presence. He has the experience. You know, we're going to still go out and try to win X amount of games. Or if you're OSU, do you feel, hey, this season's kind of a wash. If we make a bowl game, great. If not, oh, well, we need to get the quarterback of the future prepared. You know, it just depends on which way they want to go there. And right. If they choose that latter option, then 
well, Garrett Rangel should be out there, or Gunnar Gundy should be out there, or even Zane Flores should be out there. But if not, if, if you still want to not not focus on the future just yet, then yeah, put Alan Bowman back out there because I think there was still a little bit of rust. Because, I mean, shoot, Juwan, the last time he would have played a full game would have been 2020. The last time he would have played four quarters was 2012. Wow. Because, wow. yeah, two years at Michigan, he didn't. He never played a full game. And so, so yeah, so pointing, you know, that was something that was worth focusing on because it's been so long since he's he's played all four, all four quarters. And and yeah, I, I think he looked he looked serviceable. I, I'm not gonna say, you know, yeah, not a career game by any means, but he kept him in it. I mean, the offense put up 27 points, and I think what's most comforting if you're an OSU fan, would be that it took him. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought right there, Juwan. Brutal. I, I, had something, <laughs> I, had, I had something good to say. Oh, it was the the offense, the cohesion. It was finally there, right? It felt like that offense was running smoother. They moved the ball consistently, uh, you know, outside of a drive or two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cohesion was there, and that to me says, okay, you can't run with the three at the three anymore. You get now right. it's time to just, I mean, we talked about it last week, just pick one after seeing what happened on Saturday that just reinforces. Okay. This for sure is over because your offense finally maybe showed a little bit of life and it was kind of easy. The, the production was evenly spread out throughout the game. Now that you know that pick one. I think that's the biggest thing that you can take away from them deciding to just go with one quarterback is the ability to establish some sort of cohesion and chemistry because, I mean, that's just such a big deal with the quarterback position where you're talking about timing routes and trusting your players to be where they're going to be. You develop that chemistry with them when you put in the X amount of number of reps. But when you look at this stat line, I mean, you said two big picks that that ended crucial drives – do you feel like he did enough to at least go into this bye week where they're saying, okay, we're going to at least give you the next start when we come out of this bye week? Yeah, once again, I think uh, Alan Bowman should probably be the starter against Kansas State because you run into kind of the same issues with you're no longer on the road, but you're still playing a veteran team that's experienced, that's, you know, top 25 caliber, could possibly win the Big 12 opponent. Primetime game, you know, all all this adds up. Put the veteran in. He's been there before. Continue on with that. If, If your goal is let's not focus on the future just yet, if that is your goal, yes, Alan Bowman should be the starter against Kansas State. We look at a, another interesting dynamic of this offense, and we talked about it last week, was their offensive line and their rushing attack. I mean, Ollie Gordon got his largest workload of the year, 18 carries, 121 yards, and had a long of, of, of 71 yards there. How did you feel he looked as the lead dog Saturday? Ollie Gordon, yeah, I, I think once again, it was – it needed to happen. I think we highlighted it last week, just give him the ball. Yeah, he breaks that seventy-one yard rush that set up, you know, set up a touchdown. 
take that out though probably not the the performance he was looking for um i think he finished with about 122 yards on like 18 carries so once you subtract that out that that average is not great but Mm -hmm. still i think ollie gordon's more of that he has that big playability and that's why you would continue to play him is because he can break those runs um and on on his big run you know it it didn't look like it, it when that play started to develop, you kind of thought, oh, that's like a five-yard gain right there. But he made it work, and he broke it, and he he did what he did. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, once again, just sometimes the simplest answer is the best answer. And you just – you know what Ali Gorn's capable of. Just continue to feed him, and he's going to be able to to set up some, some drives and uh, some scoring opportunities. As we talk about both sides of the ball, you know, with the offense being able to put up 27 points, you having your quarterback, you have a, you know, an okay day from Ollie Gordon, more confidence in this offensive defense moving forward. I don't believe, I can't believe I'm going to say, Juwan, I think you have to have more confidence in the offense. Um, I think up front, on the line, this is just what you're getting for the rest of the year, right? I don't – there was improvement, but I, I still don't think it's going to be, like, great. Quarterback, not to – that seems to kind of – the experiment appears to be over, which is great. The running back, that's going all right. You know, wide – point being, they seem to be making the best with what they have. Defense still feels like they're they're working out some things because every time something kind of gets patched up, another thing breaks. Um, and so that's why I say, you know, if they come out against Kansas State and that secondary is locked down, then I might change my answer. But we haven't seen that just yet. And so that's why I say the offense, I think you've kind of seen what it's going to be. And for better or worse, that's what it is. Whereas defense, there's still some big answers I think you're looking for. With Brian Nardo, you know, this being um, his first year with with OSU, kind of a little bit inexperienced here. But, I mean, you still have an experienced coach in Mike Gundy. What's your trust level in him to get things turned around on the defensive side? Yeah, I think if you're an OSU fan, your trust level should probably be pretty high still on on Brian Nardo because – Nobody likes to talk about Jim Knowles and what he did his final year. Well, it took about two years before Jim Knowles' defense even played. They played good, but, I mean, until they reached that great level, it took a couple years. I think that's the same thing you're going to run into with with Brian Nardo. It's just, it's going to take time, right? You're, You're switching up schemes. You're switching up personnel. You're putting players in positions they've never played before. That's just going to take time and to, to kind of, fit into that comfortability role um so yeah I, I don't i would not be selling stock just yet on brian nardo but you'd probably like to at least see some of this get cleaned up by kansas state um because if not then then i think you really do take yourself out of a lot of football games all right well another another great show well, it was a great great show for us. Not a great weekend for a lot of OSU fans, but we appreciate you guys again rocking with us for another, you know, in another week of OSU Sports Extra podcast. Um, any final things before we get out of here, Dean? I don't think so, Juwan. All right. Well, like I said, 
again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Dean did another great job with the with the post game pod. You guys are are really enjoying those despite the <laughs> the outcomes of the games not being exactly what you want them to be. But despite it being a bye week, Dean is going to be knocking out some great OSU content for us this week. And visit thetulsaworld.com for that. You can download our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all those sweet things. And for another episode of the OSU Sports Podcast, it's been Jawan Lee and Dean Rule.